This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at Shop gwdistrict.com that's shop gwdistrict.com the gw district a retail marketplace of black owned products and media that's right that's right that's right <laughs> oh yeah because skype won't interrupt us no they won't <laughs> and that's the beauty of it and we are now live how you doing, ma'am? I'm doing well. Okay. For all the listeners, yeah, we've been we're now on Skype. Um <laughs> because Acre, I swear, is is being freaking difficult. So okay, let's just get let's just start this hot and let's get into it. Break down different when we're gonna start right there. Break down different between professional and lifestyle dom. We'll go from there. Don't you wanna do your sponsor ad first? Oh, no, we can do that after. Okay. Um, So the difference between a professional dominatrix and a lifestyle dominatrix, um, mainly the monetary exchange. A lifestyle dominatrix just means that you're dominant in your sexual life, your personal life, whereas a professional means that you've had some sort of education or training and you uh, you provide sessions or um, a safe space for individuals to play out their interests and kinks that maybe they know they're into, want to find out if they're into, so on and so forth. And there is an expectation of monetary compensation in the form of uh, tributes. And we use the word tribute because if you call it a payment, it's considered prostitution or escorting and illegal in most states in the United States. So it's like, which is crazy because in a lot of your sessions, you're not having sex. You know what I'm saying? uh, And that's in any of my sessions. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's like, because that would, I find interesting is that they try to keep that in the guise of escorting and they're not the same. You know, more is based um, off of lifestyle, that's, you know, and, don't and what that general, I feel like, is uh, separate but equal, you know? Yeah. Um, we, we're, we're all kind of under the blanket of being, you know, sex workers. But mm. at the end of the day, what the type of work we do is not the same. Yeah. You kind of turn us into like a monolith by doing that, and we're not. Everything mm. different. I, I look at it like a, like a family tree. And everybody's got their own branch, right? And everyone's got their part to play, an equal, important part at that. 
but it's, we're not the same, you know? Um, and I don't think that any of it should be illegal to be perfectly honest. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, in, um, there's only two states that distinguish the difference between porn and prostitution, and that would be California and New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> New Hampshire, that, that's some shit. <laughs> because they distinguish the difference. Now, porn is legal, whereas prostitution is not, which is the run-on joke of the century, is if you click the camera on, you're fine. Um, but in states such as Texas, uh, there was actually an incident very, not very recently, but a uh, last year where um a model was you know sexually assaulted on set and when she went to the police the texas police are like oh well prostitution's illegal so she shouldn't been doing that so they don't see the difference between camera on camera off because they don't their laws don't distinguish the difference between the two and personally i think that texas just hates women in general you know texas is a red state so you can imagine hell they they want to get rid of fucking abortions so what they tell you <laughs> and you're only allowed to have nine dildos on your person at a time what if i wanted to like have 10 of them for my like little battering belt full of like dicks and i'm like what you can have as many guns as you want, but not you i think all the women in texas should just stop putting out for like a month and see what happens to those laws just oh, like stop anyone like anyone, just not your husband, not your boyfriend, not your brother, whatever, whoever, whoever you're shacking up with, just knock it off. Just withhold, withhold the, you know, the pussy and like see what happens and see if those laws don't change because clearly Texas does not like women in general. So, oh no, I, I can tell you that now. I'm going to tell you what's crazy. I looked at the law here in North Carolina. Now I'm going to tell you how funny it is. It's only prostitution if you pay the girl. So content trade point is very fucking legal in North Carolina. <laughs> but if I pay you, it's I'm illegal. Florida and like we're we're just kind of like a happy go lucky state. We're a swing state. So they did participate in the stings after the stock market crash of two thousand eight, all the way up, I would say, until two thousand fifteen. It's still relatively dangerous to do stuff out of hotels. Um, but now, like I've talked to several officers. I tell them what I do, I hand them my business card, they don't give a shit. No, we we are so we're like the glory hole of America. Like nobody cares. Yeah, yeah, because you know, like it, you see, like just like Manhattan last year towards the end of last year, they made it to where you can't prosecute prostitutes anymore. And I think that we're starting to move to where, which is part of the advantage, the gift and the curse, which I always say of normalizing of sex, porn, and all that shit, to where it's becoming normal. This form of currency is women. Yeah. Think about yeah. it. When you went and fucking bitch slapped another country and took over that country, what was the spoil of war? You got, women. you got, yeah, women, exactly. And it's been that way since the dawn of time. What, even here in America, you used to be able to absolve debt by marrying your daughter off. Mm-hmm. In house. Like, I don't understand why something that is so old and so traditional is so frowned upon like okay y'all went and took what you wanted mm-hmm. you know, in the past but now all of a sudden if we want to put make our own price tags it's a problem um so you know i salute the girls who do it i think it's phenomenal keep fighting the good fight 
And as a professional dominatrix, I'm kind of lumped in under the same risks too, because you're vetting clients, you're meeting essentially strangers off the internet. And before the internet was huge, like, you know, back in the Craigslist days, oh my God. I just thought I posted that email account, some of the things I'd get in there. Oh my God, I can freaking imagine that. I, I used to tell girls, man, if they did a point, a, a podcast about hotels, oh my God, that shit. Because <laughs> some of the tales that you have about with clients and stuff and some of the shit you had to deal with is sometimes my blown. Because even with me being in the industry and many of the girls I work with, they actually did escort. And I used to hear the shit they used to deal with. And even to win guys steal money. Like, literally, they're about to walk out the door. He just grabbed the, the cash. He just runs out the fucking door out of this piece. And it's kind of like, to me, that's fucked up in every which way. Because you came for this to get, to, to get a service. Yeah, well, to me, that's rape. Because you agreed yeah. on a monetary exchange for sex. And if you take away that monetary exchange, then you just took sex without consent. So um, that's hey, that's 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 kind of uh that's that's pretty much right to me um i don't have those issues i have an extremely good vetting process i've had for a long time i can recognize word patterns so like i can tell just from the first couple emails if somebody's serious if they're dangerous things like that i had one guy who i did end up rejecting because it was and i reported him as a dangerous person on one of the uh, listing websites that i use for sessions so, uh, because he's just, anyone who's weird about a deposit, I would question. Um, of course. I don't know if it's changed, but I know when I first started, taking deposits was a way to scan for cops. Because cops will never send you money, because at that point, they're actually soliciting service. Like you, you can't and then help. you also allow your sessions alone. So, it's not like, like I said, I was... Dealing with escorts when there was no time, where it was just a service. You come, you pay. Once you finish, get the hell up out of there. And you paid well, you know, period. Then, of course, I saw when girls start breaking it down to 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. You know what I'm saying? Even with, but I noticed with doms, they never put time limits. It was straight up session. I remember with, when me, me and my wife were staying in the hotel, there was a dom that was staying nearby us. And she had dudes coming in and I remember one time I just so happened to walk past a window and I saw all, you know, the, the paddles and stuff like that. I said, oh, so she's a dog, you know, period. And, it, and to me, I think it, they pose to pay a deposit for a female dog. They pose to pay a deposit for a dog, especially if it's BDSM because that session might be an hour, it might be two. You feel what I'm saying? Which makes sense. Because you pay the deposit to cover yourself just in case, you know what I'm saying? To cover yourself just in case if you miss calls or you miss other clients. You made up for that, you know, period. And also with the deposit to secure his spot, you know, period. So now they use deposits in porn. I digress. They're always by the hour. It's an hour minimum, and then you can do half hour increments from there. But mm. I'm, I'm not a super time Nazi, so I'm not going to sit there and book an hour and fifteen minute session. Like that's stupid to me. Like yeah. increase by a half hour, you have in half hour increments after one hour. But usually clients 
book between one to two hours. The longest booking I've had is a seven-hour booking. I don't do overnights. I know some doms do. I don't. It freaks me out. I don't want to be, like, sleeping in a room with the same fucking, like, with some guy I met on the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm Oh, I'm sorry. I got to do the part because we didn't get into this. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Smokers Lounge. Of course, now on Skype, but of course, it's on Anchor. You know what I'm saying? You'll find it on Anchor, but we're going on Skype today. Anchor, the perfect app for anyone trying to start their own podcast career. All you got to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get yourself a profile. I am your host, Kevin Arvis, Southern Champ, a.k.a. the Porn Rap Star. Find my porn links, my music links, my social media links, and podcast links, all with one links, allmylinks.com backslash porn rap star. I got to tell you about three wonderful sponsors that we have. Again. <laughs> I had to put that in there again. <laughs> First up being the Facebook of the LS of the LS community, LSworld.com. Next up is one of the hottest mag- new magazines out on the market, Eroticism Magazine. Go to eroticismmagazine.com. Get yourself a subscription. Every 30 days they drop a new magazine. Get it digital or get it paperback. Also, last but not least, excitebunny.com, a new site for you horny fuckers to check out and for you content creators another great site for you to put your stuff on because you get 90% profit plus they offer healthcare as well as legal aid and legal advice for anything that you're dealing with so go to excitebunny.com the new and the future of porn also check me out on skyhawkafterdarktv.com check out my page where you can listen to podcasts or check me out on the radio station now I'm about to shut up and let this sexy lady reintroduce herself. Hello, I am Mila Romanoff. I am a professional dominatrix who has been in practice for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did you get into the, dominate, the life of dominatrix? What brought you to it? This is a fun story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I realized at a young age um, that I wasn't acting normal for a girl my age or women in general. Um, I entered into middle school, the first thing I decided to do, and I don't know why, was challenge all the boys. Started with sixth grade and seventh and went up to eighth. And it would be things like flag football, which I would turn into tackle football, uh, arm wrestling, like who could pick who. I knew you was a tomboy. Tomboys always turn out to be the sexiest women. Go ahead. I wasn't quite a tomboy. It was just I wanted to establish dominance over the boys in my school. Mm -hmm. And I had the mentality that I'd rather be feared than loved. So, (laughs) like, like, go along. I can't run for shit. Um, but it was just, it was a very weird thing. And I was like, I sat back at a certain point. I'm like, why am I doing this? Uh, <laughs> and that was actually when I started researching. Femdom was, I let, you know, kids don't do this, but I lied about my age to get into fetish forums and uh, websites and stuff. And I just, it took off from there. And then I started kind of experimenting a little bit with, you know, the people in my surroundings what could I get away with? How far could I push them? How to get them like addicted to wanting things from me in exchange for other things? Like I started pocketing my own lunch money because I had so many of them 
buying stuff for me off the a la carte and like doing stuff for my books like it was easier I found it was easier not to do it macho guys it was more like the little nerdy kids that nobody paid attention to and guys that were kind of you know like the the other popular girls or whatever they laugh at them in the hallways do all that dumb kids but so getting the slightest bit of attention from a female like it it turned them into little 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 puppies and uh, I picked it back up again when I was 20 I met Ann in Tampa and she kind of took me under her wing and she showed me how to vet, how to find them how to make them do how to uh you know keep them hooked you know and and back then and this is 10 years ago back then the rate was 300 an hour for a dog but if you had a tuning with you it was only an extra 150 and of that your would take $50 so to me at 20 years old having worked very basic jobs at this point in my life uh you know $100 an hour as like a side it's great it was great money to me um now I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't I w- you couldn't get me to leave my couch for that but um back then it was a lot of money and that's kind of how I started off she was the one that taught me how to read the emails and read between the lines of what people are saying and really understand like male psychology and the social psychology that went into this and that's why it's like super important that if you're going to be a professional dumb or claim to be so you need to have that kind of understanding yeah because i think a lot of girls now just call themselves doms but they don't never get the training and and well, you two, they really... without training you just can't be a professional dog you can be yeah. you want to be on the internet you can mm-hmm. acting you're an actor you're acting uh, but see but, to me but to me i think but it's just my opinion is that when you have a lot of people they say claiming to be dogs because even on the male side of things it muddies up the waters you know period because one it's like that important too you know like oversaturation is oversaturation yeah as it's adapted also it cheapens the product because then you have those doms with like i said you because you even have a slave or a submissive that would sit there because i never heard her say it to a dom and an actual factual dom we ain't talking about she's claiming it well i paid this with this one she, she looked at him and told him to get the fuck out of the room. <laughs> you feel me? What you about to say? If if new Dom and she's charging three hundred dollars an hour, it's because she's new, and mm. that's that's what she's determined her brand is worth. Mm. Uh, I've always branded myself. Now, some as- of you girls only charge three. Some of you girls be charging like less than that. Straight up. Well, I I want to hit them. Right in the face, but you know your price is going to attract certain levels of people too. Mine, I feel like medium. It's not the highest. It's not the lowest. And mine varies based on what you want from me too. So if you want facing session, you know it's going to be one price. You want pegging, that's close to that's too close to escorting. You're going to get escorting prices. You want something super, you're going to you, you pay thousands of dollars for that. You know, for mm-hmm. just and you're probably not going to even last a whole hour. It just, it really depends 
um, on on the dom and how she brands herself, just like any business. Um, you know, like, are you Pegless or are you Louis Vuitton? I've always considered myself what I consider like an affordable luxury brand. My prices aren't so high that you can't save up for them for the experience. You know, and, so, um, and two, also the way that you market yourself. Um, because you take professional pictures, you look professional, even from the outfits that I see you wear in your on your Twitter post, you know, period. It's it's like I call you a pretty girl dawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Because you're not with the leveling straps for what I've seen per per se. Even though you might do that, but just the way you carry yourself is like dominance is more about personality. And you can either fake it till you make it or you can be naturally dominant. Um what you wear isn't going to really change that. I personally cannot stand my latex. It's so sweaty. I don't want to. So I'm not going to because I'm the Dom. Why should I have to do conform to anything? And you know, the clients that I see, they're not wanting latex anyways. They want bodysuits. So that's why you can see me doing more costumes and bodysuits. And, you know, there's, you know, I deal with a lot of guys that are into video games and anime and stuff. So I do like cosplay sessions, like where I'm like dressed up as their favorite anime character using them and, you know, torturing them and teasing them. You know, uh, I, I did a Skype show once where I did some really, really quick, like Harlequin type makeup. And, you know, I played like, and I did like a role play session where like I was like a psycho, uh, like like I got off to like killing people like secret agent girl, right? So it can be simple, what I call vanilla kinks like that, where it's just like role play. Role play in itself is a kink. Being a dom in itself is role play. So, you know, when I turn that camera off or when I walk out that session, I go home and I'm just me. You know, I'm not doing, I'm not going home and I have like a, a kitchen servant that I keep in a dog cage. Like it's, they, you want to project that. I like you. <laughs> you my kind of female dog. <laughs> okay, well, necessary emotions go throw them in the trash can though. Don't like me too much. Oh my God. It, but see, but, but see, the thing is it like all dogs, we do have a strong personality. And and a dominant personality, you know, period. So it it might rub people the wrong way. Tough, because that's who we are. Oh, yeah. Received all kinds of ways. And uh, while giving a model a compliment one time, she admitted to me later that I I was intimidating. Like when I came up to her, she said that she was intimidated by me. And I'm like, why? I literally came up and gave you compliments. She's like, I know, it's just something and I'm like oh shit I wasn't trying to be you know I was trying to be nice apparently I'm not very see, good at it I've been told by a lot energy. of see, they, let me say this I'm a big proponent of energy tantra and all that you give big energy I can feel it off your pictures you feel me like when you told me you was a, even when I, when I saw your profile and I saw you was a dom I said I can see it because the way, for even with your pictures, it's like, people don't realize you can give energy off from pictures as well as videos. Right. And for me, I felt that dominant energy. You feel what I'm coming from? 
So, and to me, not only that, I can tell that you, 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 you woman about your shit. You know, you ain't one of these girls that's claiming it. No, you, you, you're living it. You get where I'm coming from? You know, period. So, to me, how tall are you? Well, I'm 5'4". Okay. She's Not short, to- dog. <laughs> <laughs> She's short, Drew Asante. <laughs> so, it's so- a shorter female, though, because then, you know, like, in my personal life, I don't have to worry about, like, how tall a guy is, because they're probably going to be taller than me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. She, because, because it's funny you would think, because the image that people get is a female dom is tall. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I have people tell me they think that I'm six feet tall, and I'm like, I must be the legs. I don't know. Because it's, it's I, the legs. It's yeah. the legs. And, like, it, how can I put this? Sometimes we might be short, but we catch the big shadow. You know, period. Because I talked to one girl, I thought she was all of like five, seven. She said, No, I'm five, three. I said, Damn, I didn't realize you were that short because the way you take pictures, it don't come off that way. You feel what I'm saying? Because I see you know how to lengthen yourself as a model. You feel what I'm coming from? Right. Um, I'm five seven, but you know, with heels on, I'm five seven, so maybe mm-hmm. that's too. But that's a again an advantage of you know being shorter. I have smaller size feet. I mm-hmm. can wear heels and make myself taller if need be. Sometimes I cook in heels. It's just a whole other world up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She says she want to be tall. <laughs> I have a booster seat when I drive. <laughs> oh my I, god! I do. I have. I got butt pillow things. Mm. And my, I love it because I can see the road better. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So, so, um, tell me about your first experience as a dog. Paint the picture. My first experience as a dom was actually over the internet. Um, this way before I met uh, Domus Riam, uh, um, it was it was a young guy, and he was from Colorado. And I would, you know, dominate him through the internet. We actually met through this old uh, app called Gaia Online. Yeah, I know, I know, I know about that. I know about that. Sometimes we would just talk and I would pick his brain. Um, and I didn't realize I was doing this at the time, but Dominus Rian taught me later on that to be a true dominant, you have to understand a submissive's mindset. Deliver correctly, um, and so that's what I kind of did. And I was, it was almost like a lab rat situation where I was just kind of researching him. Did I gave him such a sense of serenity that he actually came out to me and he's like, "I, you know, I have to tell you something. I'm bisexual," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, okay." He's like, "Here where I live, they would hang me." in the town square if they knew they would burn me alive and you know to me living like florida's always been pretty like open-minded state i was just like oh well i don't know big deal here like i don't i don't care about what you do in your own time you know um so that was to be able to realize that fetish isn't just about 
the degrading, the humiliation that yeah. you see on Fifty Shades of Bullshit movies. It's <laughs> I hate the movies. I hate those movies, man. First of all, exist mythological creature. Start there. Yeah. Thinking about it. Um, but it's, it's not about what the media projects. It's not even about what you think going in. You are giving a kindness, like an ultimate kindness. You are giving dignity and peace of mind and a safe space to somebody who cannot find it anywhere else in the world. And to me, that's the biggest kindness. So one of the biggest misconceptions about doms is that we're mean. The best doms nicest people you'll ever meet. They're the people who pick you up when you're stranded. They're the people who, you know, will understand things from perspective that other people can't and be open-minded about who you are and not only that, but accept who you are for who you are and not expect you to change. And that's kindness that this world has definitely forgotten. So I would consider yeah. essential workers, that being said. Yeah, actually we are. <laughs> we provide a service that makes people feel good. Right. Mentally and, as well as physically. Honestly. Um, you know, I think I'm a part of this, you know, generation that's figured out life's not about the nine to five. Life's about experiences. Life's about at the end of the day, are you happy with who you are and what you've done that day? Most definitely. Most definitely. So now when did you move into doing content? So that actually happened fairly recently. I'd heard about clips for sale several years before I ever got online with it and I looked into it a little bit but I love Neil but that site looks like it's going to give your computer a virus (laughs) (laughs) it's facelift it does um so I just, you know, I just, I looked at it, I brushed it off, and uh, this girl at the time, her name was Ivy, she was telling, she was a friend of mine, and she was like, yeah, you gotta do this, she's like, I started making clips, and, you know, I just do stuff with, like, my lips, because she had, like, really big, fat lip injection lips, and she's like, there's, like, a fetish for everything, and uh, at the time, and she's like, she's like, you have to do something, she's like, you need to be making money off your body somehow, do something, so she, like, really encouraged me to look into it. Not long thereafter um, was actually when I picked up doing sessions again because I was kind of on again, off again with it. Like I said, for a long time, it was not my main income. It was like something I did on the side occasionally. Great, great stress reliever for me at the time. So, and But it was still too dangerous um, to be doing things on my own. Have anybody, like I didn't have, I had lost contact with the Dom who trained me no, she was going through cancer at the time. I had no idea if she was even still alive. So I ended up using strip clubs to moonlight um, because it was safe. There was ample parking. There was security cameras, security guards, DJ, liquor, drugs, and private rooms. And an ATM. Like, literally everything a client could need. They didn't even need cash. You could just buy the room on their card and uh because their room prices a very small uh club uh to do this because of that like their room prices were so low that i could charge my fee and it was more than the one hour fee for uh for the room so it was great because the club didn't care 
clipping, Carol. I was, you know, bringing in clients and I was, even the clients that they had, they would recognize that I was dominant and they would, you know, I had guys come up to me on stage and they'd be like, mistress, can I speak to you after you're done? And then they would slide me a 20 or whatever. And it was, it was fantastic. It was a fantastic arrangement until they switched owners. Um, and through, through the clubs, I actually learned how to bartend, which was a life skill that I obtained. So it was, it was kind of cool. It was like going to school and getting paid at the same time. For, <laughs> and I learned a whole new type of hustle. And I've, I've said this like girls before, like you want to explore different avenues of sex work. You don't want to just you know, kind of like lock yourself into one thing or the other, because being a dancer is a whole different type of hustle. Yeah. My skill set, well, uh, with dealing with, you know, too, because like, you know, you got drunk horny men, like it's, it's easy to figure out after that. And, uh, you know, I made a lot of money during that time. I was able to upgrade my car, upgrade my living situation. And then I was, uh, but once the uh, the owners changed, I tried switching around and I couldn't really get settled. So then I was like, fuck it. <laughs> all right. All this money saved up. I'm going to invest in myself, invest in starting this adventure. I think I can do it. And so that's what I did. Um, I made my first five clips, launched them on I Want Clips, and the rest is history. After that, I was getting spot. My first sponsorship was to uh, New York. And that was the first time I ever left the state on my own as an adult was to go fly out for an underground uh, wrestling match where there was like black market bids and stuff like that. And uh, that was sketchy as fuck. I shouldn't have done that. But they paid for my... <laughs> was you wrestling? Yeah, I do wrestling fetish. Oh um, that's actually hey. what got me like on the map was working with grappling girls. They are located in Sarasota, Florida, so um, it was like a two-hour drive for me to work with them. And when myself and the producer first linked it, he realized that I had stamina, because I have a history in martial arts and um, gymnastics and dance and stuff, so I, I already had the build-up. Plus, I had just been working you know, in the club, so my leg strength was enormous, and my core strength yeah, was great. I, I'm pretty sure, stripper-wise, you made good money, because you got the look and the body. And I'm pretty sure you could dance your ass off. There, um, me dealing with drunk, horny, slobby men is just not something. I would go for the older guys. The older guys that came into the club and bought a bottle of water, I knew them fuckers were there for a dance. They didn't want to, because I just, and I was always constantly in the background. And, you know, it was it was great because I got mm. to meet a lot of really great women. I got to see that side of the industry. I got to see the ugly side of the industry. Um, you, cause you know how it is. Like, you know, if you're selling one hour rooms, these bitches are going to be talking shit. They're like, oh my gosh, you yeah. second like, bitch, if I suck a dick, I'm going to take an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes. Yeah. Um, and it was cool because, uh, I got to kind of teach a lot of the other girls how to like attract clients too. So I, after a while I had this system with the full service girls where if I referred them a client, they paid, they tipped me $20 and if, and I would charge the client $20 to refer them in the right direction. It was great. I was making 40 bucks and doing nothing off of every transaction. <laughs> yeah. But because they just, sometimes they don't know. And you know, these guys, they feel awkward, you know, asking which girls do what, but yeah. you know, have a directory system. 
and you know it, it made things a lot easier it made the club like run smoothly because a strip club you need um you need your fluffers you need your mid those are your handy j girls and then you need your full service girls and because you're gonna have guys that come in there and they don't want full service you know they're they're there for the teas or, or yeah jerk off or just lap dance yeah, so there's a lot of guys that genuinely. I I had so many clients that would like just come right in their pants just from being me in private. Like it was mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. Um, so that was like a great learning experience for me working in the clubs. But like I said, I got kind of tired of like the club BS. I was literally hired into a club because I was white, and then fired for not being a drug addict. It was. <laughs> She don't sniff coke. She gotta go. <laughs> well, what it was is the manager was stealing from the bartenders, and uh, the owner wanted to quote white out the club to try and sell it because yeah. it was a hood club, <laughs> and yeah. they hired uh, you know me in to kind of like they thought I don't know they thought having a fat ass white girl would somehow attract white guys. That's not how that works. No, um, they go check brothers. But because I was a good bartender they were like that was a busy club and it was a two-sided bar so like really high paced and i was able you know once i figured out where all the liquor was sitting on the shelf my first shift i they did two dollar tequilas which was well tequila nobody wants to drink that garbage so i was like okay our special is two dollar tequila sunrises the club's not going to miss that splash of orange juice and grenadine they're just they're not um, and sour. There's a splash of sour in it too. You, so like I did that, and they were like, "Oh, you you, you got a 86? It like we're out." And I was like, "I went through that much tequila." They're like, "Yeah." They're they're like, "We've never seen." I was like, "Oh well, you're welcome." They're like, "No, now we got to order more. It's a bad thing." And I'm like, "What?" So it was just it was just very interesting. But yeah, so uh, the 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 guy that ran the office literally was sitting on money that he said was missing from my register he said i was mm. he was say that i was like short like 250 i was like there's no fucking way i was like roll back the cameras i will sit here all night i did i sat there with him till 7 a.m mm. and then he finally got up and i was like why is there a pile of cash under your ass but because I first of all i didn't do drugs i didn't smoke weed none of that so they couldn't he couldn't play me, so and mm-hmm. log off the schedule. Went to a different club. I outsold their lead bartender by a hundred dollars a night. Next, you know, off the schedule. It was just yeah, it, it's, the, it's so political in them clubs, yo, straight up. And, and much- even I know that as a patron. So I'm tired of it. I was like, fuck this shit, fuck this industry. Like, I'm tired of it. I'm just straight tired of it. So I left, and I, I haven't gone back, you know. Um, yeah, you learned a valuable lesson. It's better to work for yourself than others. <laughs> originally, the whole point of me going to the club was not to be a bartender. The point of me going to the club was to have a safe space to moonlight, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a dominatrix. It wasn't, it was never supposed to escalate the way it did, but I made, a, you know, I liked I found I liked bartending. It was great. And mm-hmm. it was cool to see both sides of the bar, if you will, to see the dancer side and the bartender side. Again, you come to like this new understanding and new worldview. So it was very interesting. Um, 
But after that, I was like, fuck it, I can't do this shit anymore. And, and, and I was upset about it for a while. Like, I didn't do anything for, like, a couple months. I just did not work. But I always have money stacked up. I don't ever let my shit get to zero. But then when it got low, I was like, fuck, I need to do something. And uh, a friend of mine from middle school actually got me a shoot with this horrible producer. Um, but that was kind of like my segue. And it set off the beacon to everybody else. So when I first got into the industry, I was still kind of working for other people doing these fetish films. Um, I started off with wrestling stuff and face sitting, and it just, it grew from there. I was lucky and fortunate enough to work with who I didn't know at the time were kind of like big platforms. And I was able to use their platform and their fans to kind of develop my own. Now, what I find interesting, like I said, you do fetish. You do wrestling, of course, BDSM. Whatever fetishes do you do for your content? Um, I'm, I actually specialize in something called breath play. I do a lot of smothering, a lot of face sitting, um, hand over mouth. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll do chest sitting. Um, I do foot fetish. One that I've gotten a lot of requests for recently is a role play uh, for cannibalism, believe it or not. And yeah, I've been hearing about that. <laughs> I said, damn, cannibalism became a fetish now, but go ahead. Yeah, well, it's, it's the idea that you're a sacrifice yeah. and that it's an honor to be my sacrifice and to have me eat you. And of course, I'm not actually eating humans. It's all yeah. role play. I'll pretend. Don't come after me with the card. Um, <laughs> so I'm saying that's what they're just taking the fun out of shit. Now you, you you can't post certain videos and, and hashtags and shit. It'd be like, damn, I'm gonna become a two PC instead of four spy and all this other stuff. You can't do. I don't even know if you're allowed to do sleeping warriorism anymore. But I'm swear, like me, like there's. There's so much stuff that you can't do now, and it really just sucks. And then during the whole uh, pandemic thing with George Floyd, a lot of the platforms, this was a MasterCard, this was the platforms took away race play. And I was like, you realize the majority of people who do race play are not white. You are taking money out of female black pockets and female Asians and female Latinas because, like... And why is that? Why is something that's consensual between two people being taken away because of something that happened to some guy? None of us even know. Like why? Why? You want to amplify? You want to do something? You know, do something, but don't take stuff away from something that affects everybody. Yeah, because to me, like some of my best videos is the rape play video. I did with a girl that made money. The race play. Um, gold. It's liquid blasphemy. gold. Mm-hmm. Blasphemy. You know I do yeah, a lot of you know, Yeah. So it's kind of, to me, it's like. I take pages know, off on and I like wipe my ass with them and stuff. The guys go wild. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's they taking away what made that side of porn special. You know, it, what made porn special. It, what made it special it, is the taboo. Yeah, well, interracial porn is still like one of the highest paid categories. That you know, yeah. aside from gangbangs, so clearly there's still a demand for it. And porn was never supposed to be PC, just like fetish isn't supposed to be PC. 
Yeah. Uh, so dominatrixes are technically supposed to be considered erotic entrepreneurs. Because um, mm-hmm. there's places for shit like vacuum cleaners, dude. So, like, vac- I shit you not. There was this woman on YouTube who did vacuum reviews. And her reviews were getting millions of, re- of views. And she couldn't figure out why. Turns out that's a fetish. So it's yeah. like, okay, well, just because somebody jerks off to it, does that make it porn? You know what I mean? Like, because I, because people have fantasies. People because that's our job. We are mm-hmm. we're the people that present the fantasy. We help oh, make your fantasy come true. I, you know, my clients don't worry. You know, Disney World isn't the only place where dreams come true. Amen. So, <laughs> and it, it's you know, there's this whole like war with within our own community even. Um, you know, because doing that to the fetish community was kind of a bullshit move. Island Clips did it, Manny Vids did it, and I was like, y'all are going to be on the wrong side of history, just so you know. Because you actually just hurt people that you were claiming you want to protect. Um, but there's this whole fucking hierarchy war shit and this whole, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like internal struggle, I feel like. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I say there's no because the even even our own people that are supposed to represent us do not represent equally and i'm fine being separate but equal i'm fine being seen as all the same i'm i'm fine saying that i'm a dominatrix i'm fine saying i'm a porn star those labels don't mean dick diddly shit to me you know but the question i want to ask you is i'm going um, to be upset about you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, now the question I ask you because, of course, when you do fetish, and now, I'll, now first caveat before I go into this question, I always said this: the only way you can get away with making money, have a long and strong career in this business, without doing boy girl, is if you're doing extreme fetish, or you a webcam heavy. Okay, she's extreme fetish, which brings me to this question: how much pressure do you get from your fans for boy girl? And have you ever thought about dipping dipping your toe into that world? Um, so I don't have pressure from my fans for a lot of boy girl um, because I can do PvP cuckold and still sa- satiate their need for me to do cuckold porn. Um, I re- very very recently started bridging into uh, CNC milking, which is consensual non consensual milking, and mm-hmm. that's because. Male talent from the porn industry has actually been pressuring me. They want me to do boy girl, and sometimes it's just they're approaching me, and I'm like, "You realize? Can you read? Can you literate? Look at my bio. Like, I'm not somebody who does BG. Like, I clearly and distinctly a dominatrix. I do fetish, and a lot of these guys, they're like, you know, alpha male personas who can't do the things that you know I could do as a fetish with them, and I'm more than happy." meet them halfway and do oh, something sh- that can be perceived still as dominant for them like with well, a lady like you like with a lady like you I would do I would do milking I would do, I would do foot job you know what I'm saying so, to, to, to that level if, yeah. if, 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 if we ever did if I'm retired now but I'm talking about if we ever work together to that level boy girl because I've worked with a girl that yeah. she didn't do no boy girl sex so we did face sitting we did, she did a milking 
with me and we did a foot fetish a foot fetish where i sucked on her toes worship her feet oiled her feet and then she jerked me off with her feet you know period and i tell people those scenes actually sell just as good as the fuck scene you know and i tell girls make a point to implement fetish into your boy girl scenes and fetish into your repertoire. Just don't do nothing but boy girl. Have some scenes where it's just BJ. Have some scenes where it's just a titty fuck. Have some scenes where it's a jerk you jerking off. Yes, Hell, yes. you can have a scene where you just give him a massage and that's it. Yeah, I don't do any kind of like oral milking or any kind of fluid exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in fetish, you're supposed to, if you're touching genitalia as a dom, you're actually supposed to be wearing gloves. You're not supposed to rock. Mm-hmm. But if it's a male talent in the industry, I don't feel like, you know, that's necessary. Everybody's good, all that. Um, so I've, I've started doing that and it was, it was a huge leap for me to even do that because that's still kind of on the boy girl scale. And as, um, a dom, I have to be very careful. You can go from boy girl to fetish, but you, you, it's very difficult to go from, uh, fetish to boy girl. Uh, if I were ever to be to me, it probably wouldn't be on a grand scale. It'd probably be like how uh, Crystal Lust is, where it's just no face, POV, doggy style. That's all I'm going to do. And with, <laughs> uh, she's number three on Pornhub, but she's doing it right. Actually, when she came out in 2019, people thought I was her. Uh, mm. I got a bunch of emails and text messages, even like one from my ex where he's like, uh, did you start doing porn? And I'm like, what the fuck are you on about? Sent me a link. And I was like, Oh shit, that does look like me. No, that's that's <laughs> I don't remember doing that. I don't think that's my, my account. I don't have a login for that name. <laughs> so I know that if I did it, I could be successful at it. And that actually makes me Oh, I can tell you that off the off top of my dome without even seeing you do one boy girl scene. Your look and your body, money. That's why the real time's breaking their neck to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Because you find the shit. You fashion. Okay. Here's my problem is that I'm not only a goddess in name on the internet. I have put my pussy up on such a high pedestal. I believe my own bullshit and I just (laughs) like guys are worthy. I don't. I don't. Like I actually don't have a long sexual history with me because I just I don't feel like and you guys make the dumbest faces when you're turned on and you just look and then most guys like you know, even if I'm physically attracted to them, they open up their mouth and then I'm done. I'm like, no, I can't. I, I'm oh, done. God. You sound like my mom. My mom said, look, she told me this. She said, a woman know whether or not she's going to give you the pussy. Yeah. It's your job not to say nothing stupid to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> we do it yeah. every time. <laughs> even, even if I think a guy's cute or whatever, if I'm physically attracted to them, if they if they say some dumb shit to me, I'm just, that's going to turn me off. It means like, cause I'll be able to tell by the way they speak to me, if they're intelligence and I'm a bit of a sapiosexual where I have to be intellectually stimulated before I'm physically stimulated. The heads have to match. And so I'm that like, very so funny. We, me and Sydney screen had that exact same conversation. I'm very dick picky. And what I mean by that is not only does your dick have to look nice and feel nice, but you have to have a head upstairs too that looks nice and nice. You know what I mean? Like both your heads have to match. So if you're not intellectually stimulating me 
then clitoral insinuation. <laughs> like, I'm not interested in, like, I'm sorry, but the male talent pool, what the fuck is going on right now? Because they're letting, first of all, this you, you, want, you want my honest opinion from being a male talent? There's a right. lot of lanes in the business. There's, oh not, there's a lot of lanes in the business. The male yeah. times I came up with, they were cool, like Richard Mann, like Wesley Pipes, even with uh, Mr. Marcus. It was a coolness about them and a swag. We, a lot of these male towns nowadays don't have that. But see, also a lot of these male towns are only fanboys. I'm not against so, the relatable dad bod guys. I'm really not. I'm sure they're great guys. But what happened to beautiful people being in porn? Because I kind of miss that. <laughs> well, see, but, my own standards. I like. I could. I can see that. I can look at somebody who's you know like thinner and you know whatever. And be like okay, I can see how that guy is attractive. Or how that girl's attractive, and I can see somebody who's curvier or a husky build, and be like, okay, I can see how that's attractive. But mm-hmm. some of these guys should not be doing I, this. I it in my mouth, knowing that women are having to fuck them, like it grosses me out. I'm <laughs> angry about it. But I see, just, that goes back to the normalization and the devaluation of porn and the porn star that has been going on for the past couple of years. Listen, it's, if I was an agent, I would be the worst gatekeeper. <laughs> but see, but see, but see, that way it was about, it was like, because even with the men, okay, you had to have a certain type of physique. Even if you wasn't muscular, a certain type of physique. Even if you was chubby, you couldn't be but so chubby, you know, period. Now, I'm not knocking none of my dad bodies, my fat boys like Vinny O'Neill and them. Do it, like, baby. It makes me feel good. Let me, because the the thought process, which is... A lot of the men can't relate to these male talents because some of these male talents ain't real men. Because not every man gonna have a six pack. Not every man look like he gonna be in the gym and go wrestle for the WWE. You know, period. But I don't want to see a pot belly dude with a five inch dick in porn. I don't. Now that's different. Now that's different. (laughs) That's different. Because I'm gonna tell you what make me cringe: the couples. Boys and porn. That shit grosses me out because I'm not a pedophile. Like I just, I don't, like I don't like. And and as a female who's kind of desensitized to porn, like I I watch weird shit. Um, I can't even like, especially since I know a lot of people in the industry now. Like yeah. I don't know if my friends fuck. Like I don't. Yeah. So I'm looking at like foreign stuff, and I'm looking at like anime shit and like tentacle porn and crazy kind of stuff. If I'm oh, man. And most of most of my attraction to porn is audio, so mm. it's got the right sound. And a lot, of, a lot of these girls, I'm sorry, but they they sound weird. I don't know what they think they're doing, mm. but it's working for me. Luckily, I'm not the <laughs> target audience because yeah. the industry would go broke right now. <laughs> but see, I think what it is is it goes back to becoming and being a sex symbol. Now, despite the fact that you are a film dominant do fetish, you I ain't gonna see you betray yourself. You hold yourself as a sex symbol. Even for the pictures that I've seen, the outfits that you wear, the way you carry yourself. Well, you know what I'm saying? Look like at green statues. Do the goddesses wear are they are they like nuns? No, they're fucking draped in like a shawl and their titties yeah. are out. Like that's that's the imagery of a goddess. A imagery of a goddess is a sexual being above mm. oral comprehension above 
your ability to reach. Readily wanted, rarely acquired. That has been my life model since I popped out my mom. Mm. All right. I was so done with the world. I was still born. <laughs> and then they revived me and then I went failure to thrive again. Death is an old friend of mine. I was done with this world before I even started. I, I, I bright light. Nope. I'm back to bed. You know, so I've always had myself on that elevated status. And I'm also hyper, hyper aware of people who want to use me and people see my physique and that's all they see. It's very hard to be seen for me. So this um, is why I do these podcasts, because like you, if you can't mentally stimulate me, it ain't it, it ain't worth the fuck. Are you stimulating? That's just me. That that's just me. Because to me, the sexiest thing on a woman is not her butt, not her tits, not her ass. It's her brain. Give me an eight or a seven with a brain. You can keep that dime as a dummy. I don't want them. Because, yeah, because even to the point, like, this is how I look at it. If I, let's say me and you dating. As life grows on, sex dies down. Whether it's kids, jobs, or what have you. So what do you keep the relationship? I don't want that. Quality, yeah. I don't want that. that. Yeah. I, no, I, I don't, you, can just, that, you can just throw that reality right in the trash can. I don't want that. <laughs> that I'm but, not. But, but still, but what keeps a man attracted to a woman? And what keeps a woman attracted to the man throughout the years, no matter how much he changes, is that mental. Having a loose pussy, then, because I'm pretty sure the grip has something to do with it. Oh, don't get it twisted. We want a girl that can fuck the shit out of us, but 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 we don't want that to be the only thing, though. Sex drives, like I feel like when men meet women with like active sex drives, like they get scared or like they get deflated and defeated really easily, and that's kind of like what kills it. Because I've run into that. I've had friends who who had run into that where. Like us wanting sex all the time, it kind of fucks y'all's brains up, and then you shut down your dick stop working, and it like I I I've run into this problem before, mm. and um you know it's just like <sighs> at the same time like there's 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 certain times where you know maybe I don't want sex whatever I like think, for- I think what it is with men because me as a man and maybe cause like I said I always walk to a different path you know what i'm saying to a different drum beat as you want per se and to me i'm the opposite of them dudes a girl that had a high sexual i'd have dated them shit we had i enjoyed it you know period like shoot go ahead everyone says that until they get it and you know the simplest way to put it and, and this is a quote from something and i don't remember what but it's like, I don't have a problem with you fucking me, but I do have a problem with you not fucking me. Mm. You know, time is a very valuable thing to me. And if I'm giving some of mine to you, like... I want it back. You know, you know, like... <laughs> and, it, it was just, and I think guys get caught up on a lot of things. Like, they think it has to last a long time. No, no. Mm. I'd rather have, you know, like, five fifteens than, like, one, two hour, you know, like... I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna run out of shit to do. I'm gonna be sitting there like, uh, I've done all the things I know how to do now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because because to me, it's it. You don't need 20 minutes for sex to be intense. 
You know right. what I'm saying? And it got and it, you don't need 20 minutes for it to be good neither. You know, right. but see, that's in our heads. See, a lot yeah, of times guys get in our own heads. Just like if they meet a girl, you hear a dude talk about, damn, I wish I had a girl that wanted to fuck all the time. But yeah, no, but he gets her. You know how he much can't handle it. You don't want that. You you better hope that she likes your personality and likes yeah. things aside from because if that's if if the only thing gluing y'all together is that sticky between the sheets. First of all, men are not physically capable of re- like you know you've only got so many rounds in you. I'm sorry, you do. Yeah. I you know, girls, we we're, we're you know we're just we're holes. You know, <laughs> like we're not gonna yeah. do as easily. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like we're the we're the pocket pussies. We're not gonna want to. Y'all are the ones that are kind of like on a time clock. So like, you know. But that's a that's a whole nother conversation. But I've I've found that, and I've had friends that have found that that when guys girls with high sex drives because I have a high sex drive, and you know, there's not a day that I wake up that I'm like, hmm, hope I don't have sex today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I ain't gonna front. I knew I, I knew I had a sex drive even from when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I masturbated a lot. See, and I didn't, but I started having the sensation very young. Like yeah. very young. And uh, you know, apparently that's normal according to my pediatrician. It's very normal for kids to actually start having sensations as young as five years old. Um, but I never really masturbated until I wasn't being sexually stimulated from my partner. And then I was like, well, let me give this a try. Like, I never wanted to do this because, like, I didn't know how. I didn't know what I was doing. So I was a full-ass adult in my mid-20s the first time I ever masturbated. And I was like, holy shit, I can squirt. I can come. I didn't know I could do that. Because- <laughs> Like, you know, he wasn't fucking me right. And, like, uh, for a long time, I thought, I was like, fuck, but, you know, the guy before him, I never, I never came with him either. Maybe it's me. Maybe both my only way to do this is with toys. You know, and I kind of went through, like, this, like, sexual adventure to where now I know it wasn't me. Yeah, no. Because I, I tell anybody this. You have to have a tentative lover. Men have to read the room when they were the woman. And a lot of times, men, once again, you get them dudes that it's all about their nut. It's not about yep. her nut. You know, for yep. me, I've I always been that way. I'm not just saying this shit because I'm on the show trying to brag. No, I've always been this way. I get off when she gets off. I like seeing her come. You know, period. Even if I come first, what well, drink came yet? Back up. Let's go. <laughs> you know, period. Because to me, I want her to feel that same euphoria that I'm feeling. I want her to have the same experience as me. You know, period. And a lot of guys don't pay attention to the woman when they're having sex because they can have they can hit the spot and don't realize they're hitting it and then they just move slightly and they lose it. See to me that's not even a necessary thing, even though I've you know, I don't have like a long sexual history or anything. But it, it might be because of that. It might be because of the decade of dissatisfaction. Dissati- mm. yeah, I can't talk. Um, dissatisfied sex that I'm just like, if I'm enjoying my time with you, reaching that climax isn't always necessary. Of Honestly, course. like, when I get close to that point, I kind of want to throw you against the wall. 
and just like throw you off of me because I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he be stuck against the wall talking about some damn. What did I do? <laughs> so, you have a lot as a female when you get to that point. Like you, you're like kind of like in this. It's a lot of I don't know like feelings and emotions like all at once. Mm-hmm. When that happens, and it's different from doing La Petite Le Mio. Damn, I got to say it right. La Petite Le Mio. Amour. La Petite La Amour. I think I said it right. Little death. That's what they call an orgasm. Shakespeare said that. Oh, did he? Yeah, I don't he know, said that. I don't know what it is, but like, it's not exactly painful, but it's not. <sighs> And like for women, it can happen to us multiple times during a single session. Mm-hmm. And having recently experienced that, I'm like halfway through, I was like, oh, I, I don't know how much more of this I can take. This is zapping a lot. I was so tired afterwards. I slept like, <laughs> and it was just, it was, it was interesting because I was like, I can do this. This is happening. Really, it was, it was really cool actually like night for me because I was like all over the place in my mind um <laughs> but getting <laughs> I think we got kind of off track there we started talking about like stuff we we're talking about the industry and the, the male talent in it but yeah they just yeah, <laughs> yeah because because like I asked the question for ladies I always ask this if a male talent hit you up what do you need to bring to the table to work with you and the reason why I asked that so guys can understand how to approach these ladies Okay, yeah. I'm I'm glad you asked that. Do not, if you're approaching me, understand what my brand is and if you're willing to do my brands. Because I'm not going to do your brand. I'm not doing boy girl. And Mm -hmm. I'm not doing off camera boy girl. Showing up to film with me and expecting me to fuck you is not going to happen. It's not. But she will ball your ass up, though. Huh? She will ball your ass up, though. (laughs) No, it's just, I, I, so okay so when a male talent from the talent pool for boy girl approaches me the first thing they say is do you film bg when it's all over my profile what i do it's a stupid question start there secondly even after i explain that i don't do that they just push and they'll say they get creepy at certain points and it's like work with you now i don't feel comfortable even sitting on your face because i don't need you to like stick your tongue up my shit i double panty anyways you're not getting through nothing you're going to be tasting you know soft soap um i just think you just want to fuck you that's what it really is to be honest with you yeah yeah it ain't about the scene a lot of people there's a lot of fanboys masquerading as you know talent right now and you know i've i've been approached by you know super established male talent uh, newer talent and like I can say this that your the the male talents level of establishment in the industry has nothing to do with how they're going to work with you as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are really some of them are great. You know, some of them are really really great and really respectful and super professional, and then the rest are just kind of trash. Yeah, you because know, to me, because to me, uh, even when I contact the girls. Mm-hmm. I paid attention. If she's a straight up dom, and then I look at her feed, and if I don't see much boy girl, I really don't bother her. I question people Unless... who search. If you're a porn talent, I'm going to watch your films. 
and I'm going yeah. to see even if it's not the same content that we're filming I want to see what your on-camera chemistry is with that model I want to see the way you talk the way you walk like it's going to tell me a lot about you like I can read body language very well and I can get to know you without ever having to speak to you so I do research before I work with anyone first of all I'm going to have to give you my ID I'm going to have to sign Oh, yeah, I don't put my social security on that form. They can fuck right off. I'm doing that. <laughs> and see, I will tell you, that what irks me about these sites. Because it used to be a time where we didn't have to give all of that, especially of our co-stars. Right, no, that's enough to commit fraud on my name. We're not doing that. And when you're doing and, content, and, and, and let's not forget, they can sell that to the motherfucking advertisers. You're getting a bunch of phone calls and emails from spam. Oh, yeah. You piss me off. Your number is for sure getting put on the Scientology call list. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, and they can dox you and do all this crazy stuff. So, which I'm not really worried about doxing because if you show up at my house, I live in Florida and I own a vast collection of guns. So, um, show up. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that. And, and she wrestles because I want to get to the wrestling real quick. Yeah. How physical do your matches? How physical do your wrestling get? Um, so far the biggest man I've ever flipped in was six foot four, about two hundred sixty-five pounds. So I'm, I'm pretty strong, and they usually have to cut camera, not for me, but for the guys. If you ever get to meet this female dog by the name of Giselle Lane. Ask her to tell you about her wrestling. Like, she literally tells dudes, no, come at me, bro. Don't pussyfoot me. Come at me. Because when people watch those wrestling, you know, the wrestling video, they actually want y'all to really actually get physical and wrestle. Right. Not, not, not no pussy play, no none of that shit. Because even, like, my homegirl, Julie Jenner, she does it. You know, period. And trust me, some of you girls can get very physical. So it it just depends on the type of film that because there's different types of wrestling that you can do. So there's the jobber ones where they want to see me throw guys around like a ragdoll, and then there's ones where they actually want to see displays of my physical strength. They want to see my arms bulging, my legs bulging. Uh, the thing is that my legs are so thick that by the time I lock my ankles for a scissor hold, you're already struggling. Like I don't even have to apply pressure. Like that. Um, yeah, I can tell you guys. Yeah, I, I think that when I film with grappling girls. He, uh, the, the producer, Joe, he's like, he's like, oh, with Mila, you can just go full force. I'm like, fuck you too, Joe. Maybe I want to, <laughs> you know, but he tells me that. He's like, yeah, you don't have to worry about hurting Mila. She's, she's fine. She'll, she'll fuck your ass. <laughs> it's so funny. But I just, I have a natural core strength to me. Um, I've got a good base from, like I said, years of like weight training, gymnastics, all kinds of stuff that I did throughout my youth. And, um, my stamina is pretty decent, so yeah, no, the wrestling's a lot of fun, and I, and I still do get, like, fetish clients that want the wrestling sometimes. Most of them want the fantasy or, like, they don't even want real stuff. They just want to be put in a scissor hold because everybody wants the opportunity to fight Ronda Rousey, but she's not going to come to your front door. Yeah. But you can Mila, and Mila will meet you up somewhere and put you in, a, you know, in, in your favorite holds, and you can pretend like you're actually fighting a WWE girl. So, and I think the alert to it, and from wrestling came the face sitting, and like the face and all that stuff. Uh, which uh, that fetish, the wrestling fetish, that started in New York, if I remember correctly. 
very self-made. So they have a huge, huge base out there. When I go to New York, I am booked solid. There's no time for fun. Like my New York trips are not fun trips. <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> I had to believe me. Because New York is off the chain. Yeah. Because I remember me and my wife went up there, man. She stayed booked. And um and a lot of girls that went up there, just whether it was dominatrix or you was a straight up escort, you you made money. Oh yeah. Good money. It's, and they paid well. It's crazy. It's like I know that a lot of women like like uh, like to do the anonymity thing, but like I have never had an issue, but I go and I tell the staff exactly who I am, what I'm doing, and what that I'm expecting company. Because to me, that kind of sets up a security blanket. And I've never, ever run into a situation where the staff was getting paid enough to give a shit and, like, yeah. or anything like that. So that's really fascinating, uh, especially with New York, man, because, like, during the pandemic, people were, like, calling on their neighbors for having six people over at their house, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was interesting uh, that I found, and it, it's been every state. I've gone to Texas, Arizona, Nevada, um, you know, New York, Jersey. I've never, ever had the hotel staff have an issue with me bringing clients there. Um, <laughs> so I would, and I like it. I like going in and being like, hi, I'm expecting company at this time, this time, and this time. I don't have to give like the clients information or anything, but uh, you know, just to give them like a heads up if they see somebody wandering around in the lobby or something. And it protects me too, because then I have another person that has visuals on this. Yeah. Essentially, so, yeah, if they happen to you, they know who came. Yeah. Because people don't realize in this side of business, it gets sketchy. It oh. gets ugly sometimes. There's sketchy people in any business. Yeah. I'm sure they, you know who, like, my clients are not distinctly one type of person. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of people who, you know, seeing a dominatrix is considered sketchy in itself. And it's crazy to me that, like, these guys can't actually work things like face-sitting and wrestling into their private lives. Because, to me, that's not something that's too freaky. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, it's, it's about finding somebody that would do it to where they can get through euphoria. But like I said, in 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 our world, it's about the mental orgasm, mm-hmm. mental high. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that dude, with you putting him in the scissor lock, he might be coming on his damn self because that's, that's something he fantasizes about, or that's something that he's into. But why can't you know, period. Personal life, like to me, asking a partner to do something I liked, like I'm not yeah. afraid to do that, and especially something as simple as like face sitting, like mm-hmm. you know, I think where they like where they fall off and this is where like fetish models fall off too with their content where their content doesn't have the kind of oomph that it needs is you cannot physically care you have to act like you don't care for me it's easy because i actually don't care um <laughs> i don't care you paid for this dude if you die you die like that's not on me you signed up for this like i no responsibility um so to me it's not so hard to sit on to ask a girl to sit on your face what's i think where my clients find difficulty is asking their partners to sit on their face and not care if they can't breathe because yeah. you know in a relationship you know you care about people look all that mushy stuff right um and that's that's kind of where these girls fall off and that's why i end up getting these clients who have girlfriends they're married whatever and they'll come and pay to see me because i will sit on their face and not give a fuck. I would watch. Right. I text right. my friend on the phone. 
my best friend is um, actually uh, an award-winning dominatrix by the name of Goddess. And she recently had a book that won an award too on foot and fetish. Um, yeah, no, she's, she's super cool. Uh, I forgot where I was going with this because I was ranting about how cool my friend is. Do <laughs> <laughs> I love my podcast. You go on a different tangent, it don't even matter because the fans just enjoy the talk, the conversation. <laughs> I, I thought I but now I just think I wanted to like talk about her. Well, shoot, I know this much. We've been going for an hour, and if it wasn't for the fact that I had another interview to do, we would probably go for two. Because I really love talking to you. But I want you to come back to the show. Say again, Did you have any last questions you for sure wanted to get out there? Oh, no, I didn't get them all. Trust me, I didn't didn't even get the half of them. But see, I like that because the conversation was so good, I didn't need to ask them. I don't remember anything I've said up to this point, just so you know. (laughs) <laughs> but shoot but to be honest, but, but as you want to be honest it fit the title bow down and acknowledge me because what we talked about the whole time dominatrix stuff fetish stuff you know i didn't even get to the money topics the ups and downs and all that but we will the next time you come back on the show so can i call you a smoke buddy yeah you can call me a smoke buddy most definitely so you heard it, people. She will be back. And wait till we get her in the premium smoke room. That's right, for $4.99 a month. I'm talking about six premium podcasts plus extra episodes. Plus, you get to hear Miss Mila Romanoff really, really chop it up. Because the next time I bring her and I put her in the smoke, premium smoke room, we're really going to really get down and dirty and really talk some serious heavy BEDSM stuff. So, with that being said, tell everybody where you can spend money on you, baby girl. Um, you can find me at MilaRomanoff.com. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at MilaRomanoff. Instagram is at Mila underscore Romanoff because my first account got taken down. Um, and in general, if you spell my name correctly and you put it in the Google search engine, you'll find me. I'm pretty Googleable. Most definitely. And people, you know how we do this. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience? You didn't learn anything. Smoke is over. Thank you for coming, babe, girl. All right. Thank you for having me. Hey, how you doing? Let me tell you about a great deal. Why don't you come on over to the premium smoke room? There ain't no smoke like premium smoke. I'm talking about four premium podcasts. I'm talking about Miss Spit Queen and the Porn Rap Star. I'm talking about Pilgrim on Wrestling. I'm talking about Causing Havoc with Princess Havoc, as well as the Marie Daily Report. Oh, I'm sorry. Five, STO Dark. Plus also extra premium episodes for some of the hottest ladies and gents in the business of porn. And all this for $4.99 a month. I'm talking about five to six extra episodes a week. On top of the free shit that you get. So do the math. Great deal. Only on Spotify, only on Anchor. Come check me out. Come catch this premium smoke.